weirdly enough, the thing that scared me the most was not having cancer. It was losing my hair. Mm. I don't know why. Women have this thing. There's just a comfort zone about your hair, right? And women, you get it. You understand, right? You're like, your hair makes you feel pretty. Welcome to the Connect Her podcast for female entrepreneurs that are ready to level up personally and professionally. Here at Connector, we believe you are always one connection away from your next life-changing opportunity. So buckle on up and join us as we connect you with the most sought-after experts who will be sharing their exact strategies and experiences that helped them reach success. We're your hosts, Sam Conaway and Rachel Haig. We are the brains behind Connector, which is not your typical boring pitch fest networking community. And we have transformed the lives of over 10,000 women through events, mentorship, and of course, connections. Let's dive in. Can I get a boo? Yeah. <laughs> what is up, connectors? How are you guys doing today? Today's conversation is honestly the reason why we started this podcast, because we wanted to be able to have real, raw, vulnerable conversations with leaders, badass women, experts in their fields, and be able to take you ladies along on the journey. And so we have an incredible woman in the studio with us today. You may have seen her at some of our events behind the scenes or on our challenges and stuff like that. But over the last, I would say, what, year or so? year or so, we've gotten the the opportunity to learn deeper about her journey, learn deeper about how she serves other people, learn about her servant's heart, and then, of course, all of the badass things that she has been doing. So we're excited to welcome her onto the podcast today. Let me give you the full intro because this woman has, she's got some credentials. So she is the owner of four different companies, Epic, CFE, Evolve, and Rise. She's an investor in three companies and helps many other people in their companies as well. She has three books, an author, three investment properties, three children, four grandchildren. She's even got three dogs. (laughs) She has celebrity clients, celebrity partners. She's an incredible relationships person. I want to welcome to the floor Miss Deanna Rogers. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. We are so happy to have you here and I got to experience a little bit of your badassness the other day because, I mean, we all know she's cool. She's a badass. But I was in a complete different city and I pull up to my Airbnb. I was going to a mastermind event and we all got an Airbnb to mastermind for the weekend and bring our businesses together and all the different things. And I go to check in and we couldn't find the lockbox and I'm looking around And I'm all flustered. I look at my boyfriend. I'm like, just give me the phone. Let me read the credentials so I could figure out where the lockbox is. And I look at the Airbnb and I'm like, this is Deanna's house. She owns this Airbnb. What? How? What are the chances? So then I text her and I'm like, is this your house? And her reply was, which one? (laughs) (laughs) What a flex. (laughs) Which one? So I got the opportunity of experiencing one of her beautiful properties one of these past weekends and... Yeah, you're a badass school. Thank you. That was really fun. That was that was really fun for you to text me. I'm like, wow, what a small world. You're in you're you're in my um, beach house. <laughs> Welcome, enjoy. Oh yeah, and she had like business books in there on a bookshelf, and I was like taking pictures of them. I'm like, I need to read that one. I need to read that one. And, like it was it was awesome. It was a great experience. Well, good. Well, we're I'm so glad you were able to enjoy it. 
Of course, of course. Well, one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on today's podcast is we know you have such an incredible story. So many incredible tips and takeaways for the ladies in our audience as well. But not just that, you have a servant's heart. And you, the way that you serve other people, the way that other people look up to you is just very, very inspiring. And Sam was actually sharing with me this morning a story from one of our events, and I'm going to let her share it because it gives us goosebumps and it gets us emotional. But you're here today because we really just love the human that you are. Thank you. That's so sweet of you. Thank you. And I'm so I'm so honored to have met y'all. I think it's been almost a year and a half. I think it's been a little bit years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we've known each other and started meeting for lunch and just having networking time, which was amazing. So I'm very, very blessed. Yeah. And we're going to talk all about the strategies, the stories that come up. And one of the things that I want to start off with, though, is sharing just about who Deanna is as a person. And this is from an outside perspective. This is from Rachel and I. We took a bird's eye view. Deanna invited us to one of her masterminds. And we came, we got to attend, we got to meet her team, we got to see the attendees, and not a single person said anything negative. They were just so full of love and said that you just take such great care of them. And we could see how much people just felt close and connected to you, your team members, your attendees, your partners. And we were in awe. We were in awe by the relationships and connections that you have made. And then I got a second to talk to your son. This was actually a really big time for me because I had just had my my son. He was around six months old around, around that time. And it was the first time I had left him on a trip in that six months. And I was still really nervous, a new mom. And I was feeling some guilt for leaving. And so... I had a conversation with your son and I just happened to ask him why, or not why, I said, what's it like having a badass mom like Deanna? And the way that he talked about you, he said that he just was so proud of you, that he looked up to you, that you were the strongest person he knew, that he loved you so much. And like, it's going to make me cry right now because when he was saying all of that, for me, I was like, wow, I only hope that my son talks about me like that one day oh gosh we're only 10 minutes in (laughs) we're only 10 minutes I'm sorry but it was really like I was able to have that moment where I realized I didn't need to feel guilt for working and doing the things that I love to do and working on the dreams that I want to create because I get to be a role model too and so that moment shifted everything for me and I don't think I ever told you that But I know that there's also moms who are listening or new moms that are coming in or maybe they're pregnant right now, too. And maybe they have those same emotions and feelings. And to know that you can still have a family and they can see the world in you because you keep doing what you do and you don't have to give up what you love. And so I just wanted to share that quick story because I think it's very it's a testament to the type of person that you are, not only in business, but with your family. You heard all the credentials that she had, which is a long, long list. And I bet that wasn't even all of it. Thank you. I mean, I think I think the biggest thing is is that was my my 31 year old son. And so, you know, I've owned an event business for almost 17 years. And it was almost a year and a half ago that I was able to give that business over to my son for him to run. And because I actually manage and work and and I'm a partner with Roland Frazier in several of his companies. And so my focus has been there. 
And so managing that, running and working alongside Roland for the last 12 years, I didn't put all my emphasis in the event space anymore. So I was able, because my kids grew up in that world, I was able to hand that off and say, this is your business now. And I think that was the proudest moment I had as a mom was to be able to give that mm. and say, do with it. This is this is your inheritance kind of, you know, basically like here's a business, go run with it. And he's just been doing great. He's been doing it for about a year and a half. And I don't even worry about it. Like the business is running and thriving. And occasionally I'll jump in there and he's like, mom, get out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but he's doing it and he's doing such a great job. And it makes me really proud. I mean, like last week there was an event, three events in two different cities and they crushed it. And I didn't have to worry. You know, they they just did it. And so it's really fun when you can hand things off and let your family be a part of that. And that's something I've always included in my family. Like even now, I mean, I went to dinner with my granddaughter last night and we're writing books and stuff right now. And we're really trying to get into book funnels. And I said something to my granddaughter and I was like, well, would you like to write a book? And she is nine. And she's like, yes, Mimi, I want to write a book. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, well, why don't you go to the next event with us and you can learn and you can write a book. So I think it's just a matter of making sure that your family is included in your businesses so that they don't feel like when you are on the road or all the time that you're taken away, they they know why you're invested and they invest with you. Mm. So I think that's really important. And your kids will appreciate that one day. They really will. Yeah, I love that so much. Both of my parents, they owned a company together. And so it was called Las Vegas Rock Crawlers and they still have it right now. And they do these Jeep tours out in Vegas and as a kid, I was out there washing the tires and cleaning everything and going on the trails and taking photos. And it was a fun experience. I think it did. It instilled a lot of work ethic in me to see, OK, this is how they, they run a company. And I saw the highs. I saw the lows. I know that it's a roller coaster sometimes. And so I think that's a good point just on family and bringing your kids into it and bringing them into everything that you're doing, your habits, your reading, your workouts, stuff like that. It's a way to just keep the family close together so you can still do the things you love. Absolutely. I think that's, you just, it's called balance, right? And I think everybody thinks that it needs to be balance of work and time, but you also need to make sure you're balancing with the family's perception of your work and time, mm -hmm. right? So that they understand. I was explaining last night at dinner, I was telling my, my other grandson, I was, he, he was saying something about school and I was like, well, are you doing this, this, and this? And, and, and then we started talking about a mastermind. He's like, well, what's a mastermind? And then I explained to him, like, we're sitting around this table and there's six of us. And instead of eating our spaghetti, we're talking about how to grow your business. How would you like to do something better with what you're doing? And as we got back around to the conversation, he was like, Mimi, that's so smart. I want to own a mastermind one day. And it's just, I think just sometimes we, we don't explain to kids as they're growing up of like what you're doing mm -hmm. or how to do it. And so they don't really have a connection. Mm -hmm. But when you explain it and include them, it gets them excited. And then they want to be an entrepreneur. Like that's really the key is allowing them that opportunity and showing them how to do it. Right. And not just saying, well, I'm I'm going to work and you won't see me for a week. So I'm going to be on the road. No, explain what you're doing and let them be a part of it. You know, and I think that allows them to feel like there is a path for them in that same road if they want to. They don't have to, but it allows them that. And so that's just something I've been really blessed to have with my kids and now with my grandkids is that, and I'm getting better at it. I wasn't great at it at first, but of trying to balance it a little bit better and including them more. So that way they, they, they have ownership in it too. You know, it's not just mine. It's the family businesses. It's not, it's not something I did. It's we did. Because if I'm on the road, they're having to pick up the slack somewhere else. So they're part of it. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's a family business. Mm, I love that. And I think that when we first met you, and we heard all of the stuff that you manage throughout the day. 
one of my questions was, how the heck, first of all, <laughs> do you do that? And how are you, second of all, are you happy? And then third was, <laughs> I know you have a family. Do you see them? <laughs> so this just helps bring that question to light and like really answer that because you involve them in everything mm-hmm. that you're doing. And it, t- it took time. It took practice. It took probably a lot of patience as and, well. And you might fail at it. There might be times where you just feel like I failed this. I didn't include them or I missed a holiday or I missed a birthday. And I do. My son tells me, you always miss my birthday. And I'm like, but I always make it up. Like I like, you know, I mean, he's he's 28. He's OK. If I miss his birthday. <laughs> he but for some reason, like, when he was little, I did not miss his birthdays. But he's 28 now. I'm like, you're OK. But I always try to make that a point that they're always still a priority. Even if I'm on the road, I make that them a priority, too. And so and they know that. And so I think that's just that's what you have to include. And I really I love the fact that I live the entrepreneurial life. And that I can share that with them. Mm. And hopefully they all want to do that too. Some of them may not, but that I can at least share that if they do. Yeah. I think what you've done just in that, you have an incredible journey. You have incredible credentials, what a lot of women want, what a lot of women are working for. But the one thing that really matters is that you do have a really good relationship with your family as well. And something a lot of entrepreneurs start their entrepreneurship journey for is because they want something that can be generational. They want to break a generational curse of finances or freedom, um, and they want to be able to pass something on to their family. And so to hear that you're able to do that, not just for your son, but you're probably going to pass on a mastermind one day to your grandchild um, and all your other businesses or help them be authors themselves, help guide them. You've really led by example, and that's a huge thing that a lot of people look up to. Thank you. Well, it is a definitely, you know, you learn as you go. It's not something that I just did automatically. I mean, like, I just... Even like two weeks ago, there was the whole book thing, you know, just teaching my granddaughter like, hey, you can write a book. Did you know that you can do this and write a book and then we'll get it published? And can you imagine if you could go to school and your book was in your library? Mm -hmm. Like that's such. And she was just like, Mimi, I'm doing all my edits and and I'm here. And and then she's understanding what that does. And, And then that proud moment of her feeling successful at nine years old, to me, that's worth everything. Right. So, you know, I'm able to learn the skills that I have in my business, and then I can transfer it over to my grandkids. A lot of kids at nine don't have that opportunity. And it's just a matter of teaching them. And so, you know, I mean, it was literally a conversation over dinner. And now she's writing a book, yeah. you know, and that's so that's so huge. And yet it can be such an impact on little kids. So, And just to think about the ripple effect of that, too, because she probably goes to school and she's in the library and she turns to her friend and she's like, one day I'm going to be an author. And then her friend's like, wait, you can write a book? I want to write a book. And it just grows and grows and grows. And next thing you know, you're a business owner, but you're also affecting the next generations and leading them and children you'll probably never even meet. Yeah. I mean, it was and it was only brought up a couple of weeks ago because actually Damon John was here in Austin. He did a surprise visit at a school and did a book reading because he wrote a book in his, with his daughter. And so I was, I was at dinner that night because we go to dinner with our kids a lot. And I was at dinner that night and I was telling the grandkids because they have all the books from Damon as well. I was explaining what he was doing with the book and reading to these kids in the school. And my that's what brought up the conversation of, I want to write a book. And I'm like, anyone can write a book and anyone can have it in your library. Could you imagine, Faith, if you had a book in your library at school and all of a sudden your librarian was reading your book to your class? And she's like, can that be done? And I'm like, yes, it can be done. Like, and, you know, and then just that one hour conversation and now... It's been two weeks and she's almost done with the book. And that's incredible for a nine-year-old, you know? And 
heck yeah, Mimi's going to get it on Amazon. And we're going to get <laughs> We will buy 100 copies and take it to that school and donate it. Send me the link. I will buy it. <laughs> that's just the fact is just like letting kids know that those opportunities are out there. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, that that's, I think, my greatest joy. It's not, it's not wealth. It's just I am so blessed to work along some of the smartest people in the industry. And I, I don't take that for granted at all. Like I've only gotten where I'm at because I've worked with the people that I work with. And, you know, I work with uh, Roland Frazier and Ryan Dice and I, worked with da- I work with Damon John now. And so we work with all these really incredible people and I learn from them like every single day. I'm learning something new. And so then I can take that back and apply it and then give that information to my family and my kids and my grandkids. And it's just it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I want to switch gears because we're going to get a little bit deeper into you and your family life towards the end of this podcast. Because I know you have a tearjerker story, and I don't want to cry right now because I ugly cry. So we're saving that today. Sam cried. I'm going to cry at the end. (laughs) You know, we're saving. We'll all shed a tear today. (laughs) (laughs) But let's talk a little bit about Damon because you have many celebrity clients. You now have him as a partner. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about how that partnership came to be. A lot of women in our community we hear talk about a fear of being ready or imposter syndrome or things like that. And I want to know, with you making these big deals with these big, incredible people that are doing huge things, does that fear of ready come up? Does that imposter syndrome come up? And how did that deal come to be? So, you know, what's really funny is, so I've had, I've always owned businesses. I owned daycares when the kids were little, and then I owned the event business. And then I started working alongside Roland Frazier about 13 years ago. And he's probably the smartest person that I've ever met in my life. And so he was doing all these acquisitions and learning how to, you know, teaching people how to acquire businesses and doing consulting for equity. And here I am as a general manager at that time. I I didn't have partnership at that time, but I was running these companies for him and I'm learning all these things. And I know it and I follow him and I'm with him every single day, but I was not applying it. I wasn't doing it myself. And it was really funny. It was about three and a half years ago that Roland looked at me and goes, why aren't you doing it? You know all this. We teach it and you do it. And why aren't you doing this? I mean, you know how to do this, Deanna. And I think it's because I was just so afraid of being in shadows. And I was definitely fearful myself. I'm like, yes, but Roland, I'm really good at doing this with you. And he's like, but you can do this too. I had an imposter syndrome, right? And so he's like, we'll, we'll do things together. You know, like, let's go out and you go out and help find businesses and we'll acquire them together because that's what he does. That really helped me realize that I could do it. And so, you know, he's been my biggest mentor in life. Like by far, Roland Frazier is is amazing. And so I started thinking about it. And I, actually, my husband and I were at a food truck place and we were drinking margaritas. It was just a date night. And I saw this woman running around and you could tell she was the owner because you know how there's just somebody you look around and you're like, oh, they're the owner. Because yeah. they're running around, they're just trying to control it all. And I, I have that, I know how, you know, you control freak, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I saw her husband running around. <laughs> so I went up to go get another margarita and I just said, are you the owner? And she was like, yes, I am. She goes, is something wrong? I'm like, no, no. Like, there's nothing I just want to congratulate you. What a great place you've built here. This is really awesome. And weirdly enough, I don't know if she just had a bad day and she just had tears in her eyes. Mm-hmm. And she goes, yeah, it's just, we're sinking. She goes, but thank you so much. And I go, well, if you have time to sit down, I'd love to just chat with you. I said, I'm an investor. And now, mind you, I only had I only had one business at the time. So I wasn't really actively investing. I had some real estate and I had the event company and then I was working with Roland. But I had to change my mindset to say, I'm an investor. Let's sit down and chat when you're done. 
it was five minutes later, her and her husband brought their own margarita and came and sat down at a table with me and my husband. We were there an hour. By an hour later, I knew all of her financials. I knew all the things. She just like <laughs> threw it all out she there. She let it out. And we just had the best of time. And although that transpired to be more of a consulting deal and we didn't actually get equity in that company, my husband and I learned so much from that conversation of me changing my mindset, not being afraid to actually confront someone and talk to them about their business. So when I say that, it was more getting the reps in. You two ladies are in fitness. It's getting your reps in, right? You feel better after you do it over and over and over again. Well, it was the same thing. So I went back and I told Roland about this whole thing. He's like, wow, that's so great that you did this. He goes, now you do that over and over and over again. You're going to close all these deals. And he goes, before you know it, you're going to have this amazing portfolio for your family. And so I just started changing my mindset. And I'd go see something else and I'd see an opportunity. And I'm an investor. I'm going to do something. (laughs) Like, here, let's chat about your business. And or, you know, really focusing on the consulting for equity side of things. And it just took over. It took a life of its own. And then, you know, here we are sitting here, you know, almost four years later, and we've created, you know, this amazing portfolio. And I'm very blessed that Roland does it with me because he comes in as my partner as well on deals that I have. And he's offered me partnerships in his. And so it's been a great ride. But leading to that of what you asked was I had to get those reps in. So I got comfortable because I was so afraid like absolutely afraid to talk to anybody because I was, I could talk on behalf of other people, but I couldn't talk on behalf of myself. So fast forward to two years ago, my event company was doing an event in Orlando and we'd worked with Damon for years on different shows where he goes and speaks. We were talking backstage and before you know it, we start talking about masterminds and things. And I, I had made a comment to him about it. And then after he left to go on stage, I thought, oh my God, did I just screw this up? Like, did I just ruin this relationship? <laughs> what, what was the comment? I said, do you hate money? <laughs> <laughs> I said, you should Mic really, drop. I said, you should really do this because, you know, you should do this. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I, I've talked about it and I've had some people approach it and he's like, I'm not really sure. And I said, well, then you must hate money. And I literally, <laughs> to this day, I laugh because I'm thinking, I could have screwed that up so badly. And I actually felt like I did. I was so nervous. I'm like, man, he's probably going to think, I'm just the weirdo and he'll never talk to me again. He gets off stage and we start talking again. He's like, you should talk to so-and-so on my office next week. We should really explore this. So I call Roland. I'm like, oh my gosh, this, you know, this could possibly happen. And, you know, fast forward two years, we are all partners in a company together. And that would have never happened except for the fact that Roland helped me get over my fear of talking to people. And so now we have this amazing company together with Roland and Ryan Dice and myself and Damon John. And it's such an incredible partnership. It's something that I'm blessed every day to say that I'm a part of that I would not have had had I not have, you know, stepped out of that fear. And even when I did step out of that fear, I was fearful that I screwed it up. So, I mean, it's going to happen. Don't. Yeah. But I think the thing is, is you have to do it. You have to take the risk. And so, and we're really good friends, like Damon and Ryan and Roland, like he flew in two weeks ago and we had a great breakfast and we're really good friends. And it's created some really amazing opportunities that we never would have had, but we had to get out of our comfort zone to do that. And, you know, I'm sure that all of them, even as celebrities, probably will never tell you that they step out of their comfort zone to do things, but they do. Everyone does. And so even if you are afraid of something, getting those reps in, just go talk to yourself in the mirror. I swear I've done it a thousand times. I talk to myself in the mirror. Like I just will practice and practice what I'm going to say. So that way, when I'm actually in that situation, I'm not afraid of what I'm going to say. 
And I'm not afraid of saying, hey, I'm an investor or hey, let's chat about your business just to start a conversation because people will do business with people that they like. And so my friend has a, a Jonathan Constant, I'm going to give credit to the person that says it, has a great saying. He's like, you don't do business unless you can do tacos and tequila with them. And I'm like, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great line, right? And yeah. he's like, yeah, he goes, because if you can't sit at a table and do tacos and tequila and enjoy your dinner and not feel painful, then you shouldn't do business with them. Because if you have to feel like it's so painful to go sit down and have a business dinner, don't do business with them. But if you can sit down and you can do tacos and tequila and you can enjoy your, that's how you do business. Those are the people that you want to do business with. And so I've just kind of learned that, that I'm going to go out and meet people and whether it's tacos and tequila or whether it's wine and cheese, I don't care what it is. I want to enjoy the people I work with. And then as you're talking to them, opportunities arise. Don't be afraid of getting out of your comfort zone and saying something that allows you to get your foot in that door. Yeah. That's really important. I love that. I really believe that there's nothing wrong you can say to the right person. True. And so sales or any type of thing like that, business deals is all it's the relationships business. The exact same thing you said, tacos and tequila. <laughs> we can't sit down and have tacos and enjoy each other. I don't want to do business with right. you. And I think that's part of the way of finding balance in business, too, is you need to enjoy what you're doing and you need to enjoy the people that you're with. And if you're not enjoying your business, right. it's probably because you don't enjoy the people that you're around. And so it's another form of finding balance. Balance doesn't always need to be, I go to the gym and I do this and I'm on my schedule and I've gotten all my right. things done. It's finding joy in every little piece of your business, bringing your family into it, building relationships, all the different pieces. I really relate to just the identity shift that you had to make as well. I was putting on my mascara this morning and it was this bright pink tube and I never looked and read it. And I read it this morning and on it, it said big ego. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> and it started to make me think that we talk a lot about dropping our ego and being vulnerable and having like the, those intimate conversations. And that's how you build the relationship. But on the other hand, that big ego of stepping into a new identity of what we call an alter ego and I think Beyonce has her alter ego. I forget what her name is called. No I always forget. Idea. But Beyonce has an alter ego. And when we started speaking on stages, I always knew myself as the shy girl, as the one that sits in the back of the classroom that has a hard time speaking up, that stutters, that turns bright red when there's attention put on her. And so when it was time to step on stage is something I always knew I wanted to do, I had to tap into that big ego or that alter ego of... And I would call myself Conaway. And that's my last name. I'd say, all right, Conaway, get your head in the game. And that's what my, my coaches would call me. Is it going to be Howell when and, you get married? In sports. All right, Howell. I don't know. I think it has get to get her. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, was, that was a moment I had to have. And then, like you said, the first time, it was really hard. It was really scary. And I stuttered still. The second time, it got a little bit easier, but I was still really nervous. The third time, the fourth time, and the reps over and over and over and just doing it and getting uncomfortable. And all of a sudden, it was like, all right, when we speak next, I'm ready. And it was like butter coming out. And I was like, when did this? And I don't know. There was not a date. There was not a time. There was not a moment I could tell you. It was It was like this epiphany. It was just the reps slowly over time within the last couple of years. I'm like, I can speak now. I can I can use my voice on stage and I don't have to have a big ego to do it. I don't have to step into an alter ego to do it. Now it's just me. 
Yeah. There's a, a really good book. You should, just because you said that, there's a friend of ours, Todd Herman, wrote a book called Alter Ego. Mm. And the whole premise is he is very introverted and shy and he put glasses on. And the minute he put the glasses on, mm. he transformed mm-hmm. and he got out there and he was on that stage and there was nothing that he couldn't do. And he just blew, I mean, and he's blowing it out of the water in business right now. But he was like, I had to put those glasses on. Mm. And then when I took the glasses off, he was back to himself. Right. But it was that alter ego. And he's like, it just, you could flip it, but he had to get the reps in. But that was, that was what he used. Right. And so it's really funny because I think everyone has something. You may not realize it, you know, but again, it's just getting the reps in and just not being afraid So, you know, getting back to your question about women that might feel like they're imposter syndrome, you know, I just, I beg you to do, to get out of your comfort zone and just talk to either other women, even practice on each other, if that's what you need, or talk to yourself in the mirror. But whatever it is, that's why I think masterminds and, you know, live events are so important is because you, you build yourself up when you're at those events. You never leave event going, oh, well, now I feel worse. Like, I mean, unless you really, unless it's a bad event, but... I mean, if you go to a really good event, you should be leaving like you're hyped, you're empowered, you feel really good because you've talked to other women or talked to other entrepreneurs. So that's important that when you do that, that you're utilizing those relationships or those people in your life to to get those reps in. And don't be afraid to do it. The more you do it, the more you do it, the more it's just going to become natural and it becomes just what you talk and how you talk and how you walk. Like, it's funny how I find what I do with my with my employees now or in my event company, things that I wouldn't have done before that was more of a chore is now natural to me now because it's just, it's the normal everyday thing. And that didn't come overnight. It came as we did it over and over and over again. Like you said, as you got on stage, it just naturally became natural because you did it over and over again. So I just tell people, just start. The The thing is, is you can't get better until you start. And I think that after you do it, five times. I always say do the number five. So if you do it five times, then you should be good. Then you're going to feel good. So every day, make that five times. So like, for example, if you're trying to do networking and you need to reach out to five people that day, get on your phone and text five people. Well, guess what? Times a week, that's 35 new contacts. Okay. Times a month, do the math. Times a year, do the math. But you start with five. It's getting the reps in of whatever you're doing, whether it's speaking, reaching out for contacts, looking for businesses, Getting that over and over and over again and doing those reps will just make you more empowered. I love it. Mic drop. Rewind. Listen to that over and over and over again. I think being an introvert is the best thing you can be when it comes to going to events. Introverts are the best networkers. Oh, 100%. 100%. Because an extrovert is used to having the conversation. And sometimes I'm that person, you know, I, I like to have conversation, but sometimes I'll catch myself not fully being present in a moment not fully being present in a conversation when I'm networking until I really get intentional with it. And over time, I had to flex that muscle of like, okay, you could talk to anybody, but be intentional with how you're conversating. Whereas introverts, they're just assessing the room. They're looking at everything that's happening. They know exactly who to talk to. And they're very intentional when they have that conversation because they want to get in and get out. (laughs) (laughs) Facts. And so if you're an introvert, I highly recommend go to a live event. Go to a networking event. It'll feel weird. It'll feel uncomfortable. It'll probably be the scariest thing you do this week. But you are going to probably make a connection that is going to change the trajectory of your life. You're always one connection away. We like to say it. That's why it's our tagline. But 
Yeah, 100%. Quick plug. Quick plug. (laughs) Plug that in there. Um, You mentioned live events, Mm -hmm. and this is obviously something that you're an expert in. You have an events company. You pass on to your son. You help other people grow their live events and their masterminds and things like that. And I really believe that live events, there's just something special about the energy in the room. Virtual events are cool, but live events, like there's something special about that in-person connection, walking into a room and leaving changed, leaving with something that you can truly change about yourself or your business. What advice would you have for a woman that is walking into an event when it comes to getting the most out of hearing from the speakers or a networking conversation? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say <laughs> I've had to learn myself is because I will get so busy that I am on my phone or on my laptop and I'm not paying attention and I have not used the best use of that room. So I say, when you walk in, put that phone down, put it on, vi- you know, on vibrate. If you can just give yourself that hour or whatever that time is that you're there for to focus, you know, whether it's networking, whether it's a marketing company, whatever it is, why you're there, take that fully in. Don't be distracted. You know, if you can, try to put that away. Because you're going to focus, is again, it's, it's intentional. You're going to focus. You're going to network with people more. You're going to get more out of the speakers because you can't get a lot of the speakers when you're sitting there on your phone and you're <laughs> worried about work or you're worried because it's going to still be there when you're done an hour or two later. So just try really hard to go in and be present at the moment. And I always say, really try to, Roland talks about a one three one a lot of times. And it's kind of like, you know, what what's like one big problem in your business? What are three things that you could actually take action on. And then what's the one thing you're going to walk away and, and actually take action on, right? So it's the same thing when you're at a live event. Go in, maybe you have a problem. Maybe it is you need to grow your network or get more sales or whatever it is. Go in knowing what you need and assess and then try to identify while you're there three things that's going to change your business. It could be that you met this person and they have a social media a company. Well, maybe you need help with social media. So maybe that's just a connection now that you've made that's going to empower and grow your business. Maybe it's someone that you met that, I don't know, that just could be a powerhouse woman that could be a mentor to you. That's something that's going to help you. But try to take away three things from that in three to five. I always say three to five. And then when you leave there, you have to take action on one of them. Because I think we get so busy with our day-to-day life, and I am very much bad at this, and I've started really hard the last couple of years of being more intentional with it, is I will come out of an event and I have, you know, 20 pages of notes, 20 things, and I've got all these things, and you want to come back and you want to make everything happen, and then your team hates you because you're, like, trying to implement 30 to 50 things that you just learned, and they're like, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Like, pick one. Let's do one and do it well, time. right, and do it really well versus, oh, guys, guess what? So if you look in the Notion board, I got 20 new things we're going to put out there and do. And then they were just like, uh, Deanna, you know, stop. So I've really learned to go into an event with identifying what I'd like to take away from it, meeting the people that I feel like could help me get there. And then when I leave there, what's the one thing, not the 20, because the 19 other things will still be there. What's the one thing I'm going to go back to the office and I'm going to implement? What am I going to do and take action and focus on it intently? And then if it doesn't work, that's okay. Then you go on to the other 19. But I'm going to intently focus on that one thing and take action. And then you're just, you feel better about yourself. You don't feel overwhelmed. You feel like, man, that event was successful. It was great because guess what? You did what you, you set yourself to do. And that's empowering for anyone. So I just, I say to, you know, go in and just make sure that you're present. Yeah, I love that. And 
I mean, you have run some of the biggest and baddest events out there. What are a couple events that you have recently put on or maybe in the last year that you feel have just been the best events, have been the greatest masterminds that I know you you have, what, like 10,000 people that show up to some of your events, right? Well, we for about 12 years, we did Traffic and Conversion Summit, which is mm-hmm. up to about 7,000 people. That business has been sold now. But that was such a blessing in so many ways. We grew in so many ways and learned so much for our event company. But yeah, we have anywhere from, you know, we've had our largest show was 10,000. Our smallest shows can be like 50. So there's such a wide range of what we do. But no matter what the size of the event, you use the same principles and you you still do the same things and you still go into it fully knowing that X, Y, and Z is what you have to get done to achieve a great event. And to me it's your team. Like the Mm -hmm. power is your team. You've got to have a really great team that will implement and that will have each other's back. And to me, my team is my family because we travel together all the time. So you have to like them. You know, if you don't, (laughs) it's not probably not going to work, but they they just become a part of you. And I've been really blessed that I was telling my team last week, I flew to, we had two events in Austin and then I flew for the weekend over to Scottsdale for another event. And my team was just running it. And literally I didn't have to go. I popped in and they actually were shocked that I showed up. I was like, I just wanted, I missed you. I just wanted to make sure that the event was going really well. And they're like, D, we've got this. And I'm like, I know you do. I just missed you. But it was really funny to watch them because they did. They did it without me. They could have done it without me. I did not need to be there. But I looked around the room and about, I want to say like 75 to 80% of the people working that event had been with me for at least nine to 10 years. That's pretty cool. Mm. When you look at it to say the longevity of the people that you work with, that is your family and that you can trust them and that they can run with it. And then that's why, you know, I think that we're successful is because we have such powerhouses behind us. It's all about your team. That's crazy. I mean, for them to be there for that long is is a really impressive. And for someone like us, And then a lot of the listeners, we look up to just the success that you've created, the family dynamic, the team relationships, the longevity of the people with you, the, the, you know, packing events of 10,000 and even 50 people in the intimate events and what you've been able to create. But we know it didn't start there. We know that that wasn't overnight. We know you had to put your reps in. You mentioned being shy. You mentioned having a hard time having those conversations and you really had to work yourself to this place. So if we backtrack a little bit, where did it start? Like, where did that journey for you begin? And how did this all blossom together? Interesting. I kind of got into this space. Like I said, it's been almost 17 years ago. When the kids were little, I owned daycares and I had other businesses that I ran. And I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. I never really wanted to work for somebody. I kind of wanted to work for myself. But I always knew that I had to start somewhere. So I was not afraid to start somewhere and know that that's, I was going to get the skill set that I needed to get where I wanted to go. So I started working in small events in the real estate space and um, just doing back of the room, running the logistics and that. And, and it was just here in Austin and, and doing several of them. Then I did, <clears throat> did some in New Orleans and started just growing my network and really, you know, they were little events, but I got my reps in. And then I understood that I was like, wow, there's a power What I found was I was struggling understanding how to do it because there wasn't a lot of what we call now masterminds at that time. There wasn't a lot of groups where you could network and share ideas and support one another. And so in the community of where I was at was an event community. I was like, I was trying to find other event coordinators and other people in the space that I could actually just talk to. 
I'll never forget. I sent out to my to my people that I knew that we kind of started. We were like texting buddies, and I reached out to them. I'm like, hey, if we just did a once a month call, how would y'all feel about just us sharing ideas and feeling like we could vent to one another? You know, to do that. And so we started doing these once a month calls, and then I realized I was creating this group, and it was mostly all women. There was some men in there, but it was mostly all women. And I realized I had a community before I even realized it. It's like, wow. And so every month it started with like, there was three of us when it started. And then I think we got to like, there was like 30 or 40 people jumping on these calls. And I was like, we should all get together. This would be really fun if we got together in person. (laughs) So then I created a company called AMG, Affiliate Mastermind Group. And and I'm not going to lie. I was scared to death because I was like, what am I doing? This is, you know, I'm supposed to be focusing on the actual job that I do. But yet here I am wanting to like really network and grow my business by learning from other people. So I, I built this company and I did our first event. And I'll never forget, y'all, I had 36000 no, $30,000. I'm trying to remember. It was, was $30,000 in the bank account at the time. And I told my husband, I was like, I'm taking the money and I'm going to invest it. This is going to probably make us or break us. And he was like, Deanna, I trust you. Like, do it. And so I put everything I had into running this first event in Colorado. And the event ended up costing $36,000. And I mean, it was scary. I'm not going to lie. So I'm thinking I'm about to lose everything. You know, I'm putting it all in there. I'm throwing it all out there. I mean, I'm being vulnerable with the money. I'm, I, I'm like, I'm in it. And I went and asked all my friends for favors and I had people come in and help. And we did the very first event and there was 257 event planners that showed up. Needless to say, it was such a joy. To this day, I'll never forget that event. It was such a joy to take that first stage in my first event. And I made a little money. I didn't make a lot of money, but I gave all the money back and said, here, honey, I brought it all back. You know, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> like it was. <laughs> and and I, I didn't lose it. It's so exciting. And but what that rush of what I was able to do. And then I realized, wow, I can do this. That was so huge for me. And then I realized these these people that that I had met for that weekend were so incredible, and I just wanted more of that. So I was like, okay, we're we're gonna create this mastermind. By God, we're gonna meet three or four times a year, and we're going to build each other's businesses up. And we're gonna support one another. And so that was kind of the launch of the mastermind for me. Was wow, let's do this. <clears throat> and funny enough, one of the gentlemen that was at that very first one, he was my MC, told me the day he's like, do you remember? He goes, I still have my hat from your AMG event from so many years ago. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, I'll never forget that that was such a risk for me to buy 300 hats. Like you you, you think it's so funny, but you're like, do I have the money? Can I, can I afford to buy 300 hats for people? You know, and yet here we are all these years later and that friend is a now a friend in the business with me now. And he still has that hat. Isn't that such a funny thing of, of just that little thing? Never realizing that that hat was going to mean something, but yet it was the start of a relationship. And out of that 257 people, I bet you, if I were to look at it, there's probably 100, 150 of those people that I'm still in connection with every single day in some form or fashion in our businesses somehow. Like it's so powerful of what happens in a group and in a mastermind. And so, you know, I put myself out there. It was scary. I mean, I'll tell you, it was, I was really scared. I was petrified. I asked for a lot of favors from a lot of people to make that happen. And it did. And as a community and as a powerhouse, we all did it together. And I came in and brought a partner and her name was Sheila. And she came in and she helped do the things that I was not good at. You know, you have to learn also to let go of the things that you're not good at. 
And there was just things that I was not good at. And there was things that she was amazing at. And so I'm like, okay, we are going to do this together. And we launched and it was, it was so empowering to grow that. So I started so small and I started with no money and I invested everything I had and it was scary, but yet I took the leap and I was like, I'm not afraid because I know that no matter what happens, I'll pick myself up from this. And I knew I had that. And I knew that my family, my husband and my kids were like, we trust you. <laughs> and and it worked. And now here we are. And now when I, I was joking the other day, I yelled from upstairs. I said, honey, I'm spending X amount of dollars. I'm buying a, I'm buying a, a URL. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> I said that. He's like, okay, honey, I trust you. But that's important that your family, that the people that are around you trust you and that they have your back. And so I did. I started very small. But along the way, I invested in myself and I invested in other people and I partnered with people that I knew that that I couldn't do it alone with, that I needed people to help me with. And that's why I'm at where I'm at is because of those relationships. And again, I, I look back on that and I'm like, man, that's incredible that that we even pulled that off because I didn't even know 257 people. Like I didn't. I, mean, I had like 30 <laughs> people on monthly calls, but I begged everyone, please invite all your people. Let's go to this event. Let's go. And 257 people showed up. So it was pretty cool. Well, you know, I love to hear that story. And that's exactly why we do this podcast, because I feel like, you know, if anybody were to Google you, they would see all the cool things you're doing, the cool partnerships with Roland and Damon and all the authors, the author that you are and all the books that you've written and all the companies that you're a part of. But they don't see where it started. They don't see starting with zero. They don't right. see the scary conversations you had to have with your husband. We were like, just trust me, I'm going to do it. They don't see those hats that were scary to buy, but are still out there in the world that means so much to you. They don't see that part of the journey. And that is what we really want the world to see. When we were in San Diego with you and we sat down after, I believe after events like networking and just having open conversation is the most beautiful part of masterminds, by the Absolutely. way. Um, but we were sitting down over some wine and we were able to have a really deep conversation with you. And as we wrap up the podcast today, I would really like to have you share your story a little bit because when you opened up to us, I think when I first met you, I saw you as this like badass woman that like untouchable, untouchable, right? Untouchable. This, you are ambitious in every area of life. And I think from hearing your story, I realized the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And you're ambitious in business, but you're also very ambitious in life. And there's been moments in life where you've really had to take back your control and not let anything touch you or wreck you. So if you don't mind, I would love to share with the audience a little bit more of your journey, the moments that have been hard for you along this way that have brought you to be the woman that you are today. Well, I'm happy to share. It's probably the reason why I am where I am today. So in 2000, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And if that doesn't hit you in the gut, it just, it does, right? And I'll never forget when I found out that I was going to have to go through chemo, weirdly enough, the thing that scared me the most was not having cancer. It was losing my hair. Mm. And I don't know why. Women have this thing. There's just a comfort zone about your hair, right? And women, you get it. You understand, right? You're like, your hair makes you feel pretty, right? And so I was so afraid of that. And I'll never forget when I went to my doctor and I was crying and I'm just, you know, I'm a mess. And he was like, he said this, he was like, so you have one day to cry. When you come back tomorrow, we're going to get your plan in order, but you cannot cry anymore. 
And I, I, I never forgot leaving that doctor's appointment thinking, you have the worst bedside manners ever. I think you're the worst <laughs> doctor. Like, I can't believe you just said that to me. And because he was like, you know, if you are going to start, if you're going to give in, you're probably not the right patient for me. Like, and I literally thought, well, you're like the worst doctor. And then I went home and I cried. And then I thought about it and I was like, no, I'm going to own this. I'm going to control it. I went back the next day and I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. And he's like, so you need to control what you do. You, you've got to make sure that you control the steps along the way. He goes, and I'm here to help you, but you've got to control that. So I ended up having my mom and a whole bunch of my girlfriends get together and we had a shaving my head party. And so I controlled where my hair went. I controlled. We went and had margaritas and then we went into wig shopping. And I'll never <laughs> forget that day. My girlfriends were with me. They all shaved my head. My girlfriends were with me when we went to get my wigs. They picked out my wigs. I will tell y'all, ladies, I never had a bad hair day ever, <laughs> ever. I to this day, when I get up, like this morning, when I'm having to curl my hair, I'm like, damn it, it'd be sorry if I can say that. You're good. <laughs> Let it out. Sorry. Like it's like, man, I gotta curl my hair. Like I remember, I had this walk-in closet with all these wigs, and I could just walk <laughs> in and decide: Do I want blonde? Do I want brown? Do I want curly? Do I want short? Like, what do I want to be today? Right? You never had a bad hair day, and I literally remember. Because I had three little babies. I had three little boys at that, you know, at that time, my little boys were little. And I just, I was not going to give up. I was going to control it and as much as I could, right? And so it, the littlest thing from the hair to every single thing that I did, I wanted to control the outcome of it. And I knew that this was just another rock. Like, okay, throw the rock at me. Get it. It sucks. But I'm not going to let that rock stone me down. It's just going to be a rock now in the gravel. That is now my pathway. Like, I dare you. Throw more rocks at me. Like, let's do that, you know? And I had, it didn't come easy, but I had to learn that. And, you know, it was humbling because there was my son at the time, the one that's 31 years old now. We're very close because he was the one that took care of me. He's the one that held me back, you know, held held my wigs back when I'm getting sick. And he was the one that helped me with meals and, and my family rallied around me. And I beat it. In 2005, I was considered cancer-free. And that's so huge. And that's not everyone's story. But I'm very blessed that I can call that my story. And, you know, when I met my husband now, my husband, and I have been married 18 years. And when I met him, I had no hair. I had a wig on. And I met him in Starbucks. And interesting enough. And the funny thing is, is I don't, I didn't have hair at that time. He had a great head of hair. Now he has no hair and I have a great hair. It's awesome. (laughs) So 18 years later, but you know, it's interesting. Life is, you know, life is going to throw you curveballs. It's going to throw rocks at you, but it's just a matter of your mindset and how you handle it. And and so I've kind of just learned along the way when businesses don't go our way or if projects don't go our way or an event doesn't go your way in the big scheme thing, that's nothing. Because, you know, if I overcame that, I can overcome this. I truly believe that cancer from 2000 to 2005 was probably the best gift I ever received because it made me so strong. I used to not be strong before that. And it just made me strong because I had to live to protect and provide for my boys. My goal was always to be, please, dear Lord, let me live till my last child is 18. That's all I wanted was just let me live till my last one's 18. That way I know that they're okay. And then, you know, when the last one was 18, I remember I cried. So I'm like, I made it. I did it. Like, this is so huge for me. But I think it's just that that made me strong. And it made me realize that if I can do that, I can do anything. 
nothing's going to get me down. I mean, it will. You may have a sad sob story moment. I've had that. I've had days where I've cried and I'm like, man, this really sucks. I really wanted this to go through and it didn't go through or something really bad happened. But then at the end of the day, it's like, pick yourself up. This will not be the same thing tomorrow. It's just another, it's just another rock. Throw it in your pathway and just walk all over it. Make it your pathway. And so to me, I'm hoping that, you know, my children and my grandchildren have seen that in me. My son tells me he all the time, he's like, mom, if you know, you're like the strongest woman I know because I was raised by you. I see what you did and what you overcame. And I'm like, that's not why I did it. I did it because I was just your mom. But I'm glad that I was able to like set that example for them. And I think it allowed me to be who I am today because I wasn't this person, you know, back in 2000. And now you look at 2023 going into 2024 and things don't scare me the way they used to. And if I do see something and I'm like, man, this could be pretty bad. I'm like, but you know what? Let's just get through it. Let's just power through it. Let's just let's control what outcome we can. And so whatever that is, just owning it and controlling as much as you can of that and then just being empowered. And then again, I want to reiterate, even then at 2020, the first thing I did when I knew I was going to go through a battle was I surrounded myself with people. Mm -hmm. I surrounded myself with my girlfriends. They helped me control shaving my head and getting my wigs. That's a mastermind. Today, what we call that, that's a mastermind. I didn't realize it at that time, but that's the power of your, your people, right? And so now, whenever I'm in a struggle, it's the power of your mastermind. It's the power of the people that you hang around. Like, ladies, you know, just us, when we've gone to lunch together and we've shared struggles or things that we're all dealing with, that, that's the power of that, right? Is being able to have those people that you can count on and trust when you have those struggles and be vulnerable and be allowed to say that and not be fearful of what other people are going to think of you if you are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important. That is, I mean, so powerful. And if you were not hanging on to every word she just said, rewind, because that was a statement that I think a lot of us can relate to. Maybe we're not going through stage four cancer in this moment. Maybe we are. But maybe what we're going through is a rock bottom or a hard place or, you know, we're financially feeling like a lot of stress on ourselves or we're losing employees or something in the family is happening. We lost a loved one. Whatever may be happening, I think we could all take a little bit of what Deanna said and her perspective on making the most out of that and being able to take control of how you respond to hard situations. I personally think that rock bottom is the best place that you could ever be in because it is a completely new person that you get to recreate from there. And that person is going to look different from that day forward. And you get to become who it is that you want to be. And that is a stronger person for most people. They can step into that stronger version of themselves. But in order to get there, you have to sometimes go through those hard rock bottom moments. And so if that's you and you're listening right now, I would re-listen to what Deanna just said because that that's as hard as it can get is one day walking into a doctor's office and being told you have stage four cancer. I can't even imagine the shock, especially if I had three kids at the time, knowing that, you know, they're just little babies right now. And what are they going to do? That would consume me. But because she was able to get around the right people and have the right mindset and work on it every single day, I'm sure it wasn't easy. And it wasn't maybe it was a drastic just switch or maybe it was something you had to work on every day. The power to that is probably what saved your life. I'm sure it is. And, it, you know, mindset is is an incredible thing. Your mind can actually do a lot for your body. And again, surrounding yourself with people. 
I had an amazing family. I had an amazing church family that supported me and my family and my children and my community, my girlfriends, my businesses, everything around me rallied around. Mm. And that was so important that I saw that. Because of that, I look back at that and I think of all the people in my life now and I'm like, all of them have made this journey along with me and it's because of them that I'm here today. And so I don't take that lightly. And so, like I said, when whenever there's even another small, you know, to me, the troubles and tri- tribulations that we have now, they're small and there's nothing that that can stop us. Okay, so it's a, it's a hiccup, right? Mm-hmm. But we'll get through it and we'll get through it together. But I just, I really want to encourage if you, whether you have any type of hiccup in your life or a stone being thrown at you, just really make sure that you are surrounding yourself with the right people that'll lift you up. That's so important, you know, because your mindset is so huge. You need people that'll be there to hold your hand or to listen or to guide you and give you the right directions. And I was very lucky that I had that. So mm. I leaned into that and I, I encourage other people to do that as well. Yeah. That leads us into our last question that we ask everybody on the podcast. What is one connection, one person, one relationship that changed the trajectory of your life? The one person I think for me was Roland Fraser. Honestly, I was very blessed to work with him back in almost 17 years ago in the real estate space. And then, you know, he brought me into the fold with his companies when he started merging into digital marketer space and, and the companies that he has now. And I just feel like every single day is a blessing because I learned he's so he's so, you know, impressive and smart. And I just learn from him every single day. And I'm just I'm blessed. A lot of people pay a lot of money to be around him. And I'm blessed that I get that opportunity and and to be able to call him a partner in, in my businesses and then to work with him and do that. And so and it's funny because like just little things that he'll he'll tell me and he'll encourage me on. And then I just I soak it up. Even to this day, I soak up whatever he tells me. And I think that's important that you have that person that you respect and honor and you look up to. And I do. Roland Fraser has probably changed my life completely. My family probably number one. I don't want to take away <laughs> from that, right? But in the business space, I would say I think Roland Fraser probably had such a huge impact on me. Whew. This was a deep episode, ladies. We went all the way from running multiple businesses, being an author of multiple books, working with celebrities, partnering with celebrities, to being faced with stage four cancer and having to show up for your family and having to rebuild your identity and go through really focusing on what matters most in life so that you can build the things, change generational trauma, pass businesses on to your children, pass businesses on to your family and really just show up with purpose in everything that you do. And that is something that Deanna does. We are very blessed to be able to see Deanna in action, the way that she works and builds relationships with the people in her life. And so we're just grateful to bring her to you guys today and get you guys to experience a little bit of her badassness, a little bit of her magic. So in the show notes below, we are going to link all of Deanna's different companies so that you can just see from her all the beautiful things that she's doing. You can connect with her. You can connect with her partners. You can connect with her businesses, her resources, the way that she serves others. And it has been such an honor to have you on the show today, Deanna. Thank you both so much. I love you dearly. I love your community. And I'm just blessed to be a part of it. Thank you for listening in Connectors. And we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Connect Her podcast. We are your hosts, Sam and Rach. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to show your support, make sure to connect your friends with your favorite episode, leave a review, and download that favorite episode for later. 
And remember, you're always one connection away. We'll catch you in the next episode.